Blog Talk Radio. Naturally Radio. I am your host, Cameron Owens, a.k.a. Mr. I Got My Reasons, and today we are going to talk about spiritual constipation. Now, I know some of the listening audience, you all may be like, what the hell is spiritual constipation, and how the hell can you be constipated spiritually? Well, I'm going to tell you that we all can be full of crap spiritually, and oftentimes we can be our own worst enemies when it comes to holding ourselves back. So, Today, me and my guest, we're going to talk about, you know, someone you should all be familiar with. We will be discussing the topic, what it means, how to identify it, and how and things you can do to flush your spirit of that toxic energy. So with no further ado, let me bring her in. Yes, I am. Hi, Cameron. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am great. Thank you very much for having me. Welcome. So before we get started, I just want to say that before we even thought about doing this show, um, earlier this week we talked about being spiritually constipated. And I know when I first heard you mention that, like, I was like, what the hell, does, what does that mean? But when I tell you guys, by the time we got done with the conversation, like, I started to look at my own self and the areas that I felt that I was lacking in and had problems progressing in, and it just all clicked. So I definitely feel that by the end of this end of this show today that, the audience will get the same effect. So let's just just let's just jump straight into it, Angela. Sounds you ready? Good. Yes. All right. So, what? Explain to us what exactly is spiritual constipation? What 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 would make you come up with something like this? <laughs> well, it's funny because even today I was reading over the questions with my brother, who is a pastor of Sitco Ministries Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia, and um, he read the first question that you sent me, which is what is spiritual constipation. And he kind of read it slowly, and, you know, as his eyes are going across the question, he even had a question mark like, wait, what? And (laughs) in his voice. And even when I called you that day, like literally a light bulb, the day that I called you about this topic, it seemed like a light bulb went off of my head one day, and I called you frantically and said, write this down now. I'm driving. And you're like, okay. (laughs) You know how dramatic it can be sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> so me dramatic? No, never. Um, <laughs> so it was funny because I didn't even feel like I knew what I was saying, but what came out of my mouth was that spiritual constipation is when you're holding either, A, you're holding yourself back spiritually, mm-hmm. or you're trying to move forward. You're trying to, you're trying to move forward into something, i.e. finances, i.e. life, for example, you're moving forward, but you're still doing the same old, same old way that you would, your old self would do it. Mm-hmm. But God is trying to move you into a new self, a new state. And mm-hmm. so, therefore, you're constipated because you're still reacting as if the old 
yourself would do it. So let's say, like, for example, old Angela in the past, financially, old Angela wouldn't pay her bills on time. Okay. Uh-oh. All right. Yeah. We all know we can, <laughs> yeah, we can, we can figure out what, you know, what would happen with that credit issues and what have you. New Angela's mm-hmm. paying her bills on time, being more mindful, looking at her budget, if not twice a week, you get what I'm saying? But if I still handle my bills mm-hmm. with the knowledge that I have now, with the knowledge that I have now, knowing that I need to look at my budget for me twice a week, but still approach my budget the same way as old Angela does, that's spiritual constipation or, and it equals to financial constipation because now I'm not moving forward and I'm holding myself back. Wow. That is, that, that is, definitely, that is definitely something amazing. And I want to ask you, like, what, what types of things did you start noticing about yourself when you realized you were spiritually constipated? You know what, I don't think anybody, well, with actual constipation, you can feel it or you kind of just realize you hadn't gone to the bathroom for two or three days or what have you. But with spiritual constipation, it's a little bit different because you don't actually see it. You don't really know it. There's no actual, Mm. how you say, signs of it unless you're spiritually connected with yourself and your source, God, or whoever, your God, your Jesus, what have you, your spirit, your soul. Mm-hmm. So, what so basically, it's is, that dreaded look into the mirror that we hate to do in the morning. Oh God, why do we? I mean, we can look in the mirror, put on makeup, and shave our faces, but when it comes to looking at ourselves spiritually and looking in mm-hmm. our mirror and accepting who we are, oh, we can run from that all day. And uh, yes, it is that dreaded look in the mirror. And so, mm-hmm. what happens is, most times, what happens is. We end up spiritually constipated when things are just not moving forward. Mm-hmm. So you're doing everything you need to do, but God is trying to make you see something else. God is trying to make you react something else, so things just get stopped. And even though you feel like you're in the car and you're driving forward and you're pushing the gas and the speedometer says 100 miles an hour, mm-hmm. the car's not going anywhere. <clears throat> so, therefore, that changes you. That means that you need to change something within yourself to get the car to move forward. So we we I know we tend to hear people say that we should all watch the company that we keep, and we hear the cliche, birds of a feather flock together and all that kind of stuff. So I wanted to ask you, is spiritual constipation strictly an internal issue that is brought onto you by yourself, or can we become spiritually constipated from the company that we keep or the friends that we have? Or there are many. There's many things that can lead to spiritual constipation. I think. I mean, for me personally, there's been times where it was my own personal mindset that God was trying to bring me into, that God was mm-hmm. trying to focus me on, that I need to change something within my own personal thinking. However, there are mm-hmm. times where a friend of mine, or a new friend, or a new um, sexual partner, or a new boyfriend, uh, uh, that would leave me constipated spiritually. I remember one boyfriend of mine that I've been dating for two or three years, literally everything around me financially just stopped. Like I was still getting, the, you know, I was advertising for my company or what have you, but I was not getting any mm-hmm. income in. I was literally just getting enough to pay my bills, period. No funds. Just from dealing with that person. Right, and, you know, I had to look around within myself and go, okay, it's time for I didn't want to let him go because I was scared of leaving him. I was scared, mm. and that was that constipation because it was time, and with, within that relationship, it was time for me to learn to stand up for myself. 
and because I didn't want to stand up for myself, because I was too scared to stand up for myself, um, because I was too scared to just say whatever I needed to say within that relationship for people to respect me. I ended up, you know, nothing moved forward until I finally said no, until I finally said, you know what, this has got to stop. And that's when doors open. Um, It can Mm -hmm. be from friends. It can be, but a lot of times it, a lot of times it's internal, but it can be brought on until you see that you need to maybe, i.e., stop hanging around a particular person, a particular Mm -hmm. energy that will cause you to become spiritually constipated. And this is something that can go on for years, right? Like, you just never know it's there until, like, something just hits you. Like, I really need to get rid of this person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it can happen. It can, you can hold on to this for years. I mean, honestly, real seriously, what happens is, like, that boyfriend started dating. He was a great guy. He is a great guy still currently. He still is a great guy. However, mm-hmm. just, you know, I couldn't, I cannot no longer allow him to be in my physical space, meaning my body, or physical mm-hmm. space, meaning my home, or what have you. We just can't live together anymore because we're on. We're going to have a show about this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be another show. Write that down, Cameron. But, um, <laughs> you already got the show a... scheduled. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to be a hot show. Y'all definitely want to tune in for that one. You, you want to tune in for that one because we've already discussed <laughs> that one. And when I say I get hot talking about that, you have to pull over your car for that one. I'm sorry. Y'all gonna have to pull over your car. Share that one, please. Share that one. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not gonna be hosting that one. I'm be in the background listening. <laughs> but I want to go back to um, before we go to our break. I want to go back to um, about the company that we keep and you know spiritual constipation. So, is spiritual constipation something that just happens in, in adulthood? Like, can this be? Can this start from childhood? Can we carry this from my childhood? I think it can, um, but mm-hmm. you know we're the thing is when we're children, I don't think we completely understand who we are as a person, and that's mm-hmm. because of many factors. Most times we have our parents telling us what to do. We still have teachers telling us what to do. We have adults telling us what to do. So mm-hmm. therefore, we have to respect what the adult says and not what our internal being says as a child. Now I will tell you this. There's still some issues from my childhood, my personal childhood, that I am dealing with that has led to constipation that I'm, like, as I break through them, what things that happened in my childhood, nothing nothing sexual or abusive way, um, mm-hmm. mental abuse maybe, but not physical abuse. But as I break through those lies and deceptions that my parents or the company that I kept when I was younger thought, it just mm-hmm. opens doors as I do that, which is awesome. So um, I think it can be brought on from childhood. But, again, as children, we don't realize these things because we're children so that we don't know any different. Does that make any sense? Yes, and I know a lot of times, like even for myself or a lot of people that I know, like uh, when we go through stuff when we're younger, like I think subconsciously our brain just tends to hide those traumatic experiences to allow us to get through, you know, our childhood and survive. But when we get older, we're like, damn, like, I I forgot I even went through, went through something like this, you know? Trust me. Because it's just sitting in the back that, of our brain. The same time, I, that's what I deal with with emotional eating because a lot of times because we our body does that to protect ourselves, which is awesome. However, 
we're still we'll be still emotional eating or constipated from other things because we haven't mm-hmm. been able to go through and deal with that. And with my company Radiate Naturally, I also tend to, if I see a problem, ask people, ask my clients personal questions and dig into their personal lives, not in a nosy way, but just so that the client can understand what's going on and realize, you know, this is the reason why I'm emotional eating because of what my father said to me when I was 10. This is why I'm emotional eating because of what that one person, that one teacher told me I would never amount to anything. And all that adds up and it snowballs late into mm-hmm. later in life. Well, I definitely agree with that, and I think this is a definitely a great place to take our break. So uh, we'll be we'll take this time to take a break, and we'll listen to NDRE Butterfly. Perfection. 
right, so welcome to welcome back to Radiate Nationally Radio. I am your host, Cameron Owens, and today we are talking to Angela Emery about what it means to be spiritually constipated. So, Angela, I want to transition into your field of expertise, which is health and fitness, and how one can become spiritually constipated from the lack of a great diet and exercise. So can you kind of discuss how does food contribute to our spiritual constipation? Well, most times, a lot of times, like any other thing with food, you become constipated by the things that we eat. Most of us don't realize that the food and the lack of water that we put into our bodies causes us to be stopped up. Um, so just the same thing, what you take in spiritually, you know, spiritually and emotionally can constipate you. What you take in physically can literally stop your system up. Mhm. Okay, um, so go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. So a lot of times, um, depending on what our body's like, and I'm not going to go into you know the debate about eating pork or not eating red meat or what have you. If that's what your <laughs> spirit tells you to do, you know, do so. Um, yeah. But a lot of times, if you notice that there's a particular food that leaves you a little bit more sluggish than others, that's the mm-hmm. food that your body doesn't really want to have. Really? So is there a particular food that does that to you? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> for me personally, I eat a mostly pescatarian diet. What that is is that I eat mostly fish and vegetables. Um, I don't typically eat a lot of chicken. Um mm-hmm. I don't typically eat I, – I still have red meat on occasions, maybe twice a month for, uh, you know, for female reasons. And um, <laughs> uh, You might – a it. nice filet mignon every once in a while. <laughs> oh, my God. A nice T-bone half still mooing is awesome for me, okay? Ooh. But those things I don't eat on a daily basis because the – you know, red meat especially stays in your system for two to three days. It takes a while, mm-hmm. just like anything. You don't want to be feeding off of something for two or three days. It's lost its nutrients. Your body needs to push out food between six to eight hours, maybe 24. You should be having a bowel movement. In a perfect world, you should be having a bowel movement every three, you know, about three times a day. But if you average about Ooh. once a day and they're silent, right, but they're soft and they're consistently not hard, but they're not a struggle mm-hmm. to come out. Those are what, that's the time when your body is the healthiest. So, just like anything, and I keep saying this, you are what you eat. You are your body feeds off what you actually put in it. Just the same you do spiritually. You don't want that mess, quote unquote, in your body while you're um for days mm-hmm. at a time. Well, I think that was so powerful what you just said about you know, you are what we eat. And we typically tend to hear that all the time, you know, when people, are, when doctors are telling us, like, you know, we need to watch what we eat. So kind of going back to kind of relating we are what we eat to eating meat, we know that animals are alive, you know, before they are slaughtered, you know, for us to be put on our plate to eat. So can that, can meat make us more anxious? Can that fear, like, that they go through when they are being slaughtered, can they translate to us when we eat that meat? There's a couple of shows on Netflix, one in particular, and I'll think of the name in a second. Mm-hmm. But, um, and I'm, you know, I'll have it in the notes for this uh, on this show. Uh, but, okay. therefore, they uh, speak about that. They speak about how the animal is actually treated 
while mm. it's a love and that energy, transfer of energy again, is transferred to the human. So if we look at our main slaughterhouses today, especially the chicken, and I also noticed this myself, um, chickens are, for the most part, in most of the chicken farms, um, chicken coops, there are millions of chickens in a thousand square feet. They don't have enough space to be to walk around. They don't have anything to be exercised. And the food that they're being fed is just thrown on the floor. Now, would you like it if your food was thrown on the floor? Um, Hell no. <laughs> of course. Right. Okay. So, therefore, you wouldn't like to be sitting there, you know, I don't like being on a crowded subway train, much less for five minutes, much less mm-hmm. as a crowded, crowded, packed uh chicken coop for, you know, 10 minutes, you know, for my lifetime. So you can imagine the stress and the the meat undergoes and the constant stress that is in the meat when, before it's killed. And then Mm -hmm. when it's killed, when the animal's finally killed, it is still stressed. There's more stress and anxiety. And honestly, I didn't realize it for a while until one day I, um, one day I just kind of noticed what I was eating, and I would start having these panic attacks, especially after eating chicken. And just mm-hmm. constantly for no reason. I had no reason to panic. Bills are paid. Nothing's coming up due. Nothing's, you know, everything's cool in my life. And I'm sitting here internally dying. And I'm like, okay, let me try taking the chicken out. And literally over that next week, I was fine. Nothing actually changed. Damn, Nothing extra. Right. So when I realized that, I'm like, okay, I know, I know it's funny that a black person doesn't, you know, doesn't eat chicken. But at the same time, I much rather not have the anxiety in my life all day because anxiety begets anxiety, and I don't want to create any anxiety out of anything in my life. But at the same time, that doesn't say I'm not going to have chicken ever. You get what I'm saying? I'll have a more holistic mm-hmm. part, you know, organic chicken or grass-fed chicken, chicken that, you know, is actually they let it, Roam like it needs to roam mm-hmm. or what have you. Yes, that chicken's more more affordable, more less affordable. However, mm-hmm. I think I'm worth that. So yeah, you definitely are. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that um, you know about you know it'll be odd for a black person not to eat chicken, but how black people are. I guess chicken is kind of marketed towards us, but you know we tend we tend to be a very anxious and stressed people. But I'm not going to get into mm. that on this show. So mm. um, another show, Panther Cameron. Yeah, I would. That would definitely be another show. Now I will host that show because I'll definitely be going in on that one. But uh, <laughs> I kind of, I want to. We are kind of run out of time, but I do want to get a couple more questions in. So we often hear that we should drink eight glasses of water a day. So when you're training your clients or when you're giving any type of health and fitness advice to anyone, how much? How much do you stress the importance of water in your diet? And is it even important at all? Well, let's just say it this way. Our bodies are naturally made of 80% water. Mm-hmm. So all, all, all the functions that the body has to do to keep you alive require water, all of them. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have the water, your body's not able to function properly. Even bowel movements are needed to, I mean, water is needed to create bowel movements, to create the actual bowel to get the, just to get the water out of your system. 
go, water is very mm-hmm. important. Now, I'm not saying that you need to go around and drink a gallon a day. I, you know what, gallons a day are a little too much for me. Who wants to carry a gallon around, et cetera? However, I'll at least say keep your urine clean. Keep your urine uh, lighter than lemonade or lighter. So it should not be a dark yellow. It should not be stinking. It should not smell. It should be yes. a light yellow throughout the day. And if you have not experienced that, then you're not drinking mm-hmm. enough water. You're dehydrated, and it also helps out with sexual functions and the taste in your mm-hmm. mouth and smell. And, yes, you might be going to the bathroom three or four, you know, more than usual. Fine. But at least right. you're not dehydrated, one. And it also helps you lose weight, too. I know me personally, when I drink a lot of water, I feel healthier. I feel, I feel, I just generally feel better. Like, I, I feel like I can accomplish more than when I, you know, drink soda. I just feel like I get sleepy after I drink soda, you know? It just seems like it takes a lot more out of me. Soda is not a natural thing to drink. Uh, it's just not God and created one. Mm-hmm. I mean, God put the idea in the mind of the man that made created Coke. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. That's good. However, you know, he didn't actually create. Coke, you know, we can't just go to the waterfall and go get Coke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's, there's no Coke waterfall. I'm sure some people would love that, though. Oh, yeah, they probably would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know some people but, who drink. I had a teacher who drunk, like, she used to bring three bottles of Diet Pepsi to class every day and drink it. Diet Coke, I'm sorry. And drink it. So, like again, it we, are what we, we are what we're eating so you can imagine what her body processes are doing because her body processes are stressed. She's stressed. And, yes, it's Diet Coke. Fine, cool. It has less calories, quote, unquote. You do use my quotation marks, quote, unquote. However, mm-hmm. there are nothing but um, chemicals in that. There's nothing in that drink besides maybe sugar that you can actually go get out of the grocery store. So why would you want to put that okay. in your body? I'm not saying that I don't drink Coke, but at the same time, I literally maybe – an ounce once a week. That's mm-hmm. how much soda I drink, literally. Thank you so much for that. Um, This is nearly all the time we have, and I want to thank our guest, Angela Emery, for such a great information on this topic. And uh, what we can do to begin to radiate our mental, physical, and spiritual health naturally. So within, like, you know, 10 seconds, is there anything that you want to promote, any upcoming projects, social media websites? Definitely be looking out for our Frisky Fit Camp uh, classes pretty soon. Frisky Fit Camp is a sensual workout where we do chair dances, and it focuses and targets on the legs and the abs. And I think you ladies would surely enjoy that. And gentlemen, if you want to bring your ladies, I do accept gentlemen. Per- I do encourage gentlemen to purchase a ticket for their ladies as well. All right, thank you so much for that, Angela. We're going to end out with Ti. Why you wanna? 